Hi, welcome to Tales of the New DM. Uh, my name's Anthony, and today I'll be speaking with Zugai from uh, Nerdy People Play D&D. How you going? Uh, pretty good, man. How's yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Uh, if you just want to give us a bit of an introduction. Um, sure. Your name is Anthony. Um, I know you because we play d Oh, you mean introduce myself. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, my name is Josh or Zugai. Um, I answer to both slash either. Um, I am the host and DM of the Nerdy People Play D&D and the soon-to-becoming Nerdy People Read podcasts. Um, nice. I play Dungeons and Dragons with you thanks to a mutual acquaintance of ours called Braggerman on Twitter, and he's very cool. Go following. He is, he is fantastic. He's an excellent DM. He's an annoyingly good DM. Like the, yeah, he's one of he's, the, he's one of those DMs that you sort of when he's running a game, you're like, how how does he do that? Like that's it. for me, his prep work and his world building is just stunning. And I mean, my prep work's decent. I think um, we actually had a bit of a joke about it today, where one of the guys said, Josh. Do you just plan out six jokes and build your thing around that? And it's almost like, oh, that that's actually not far away from what I do. Like, I, I just work out one or two funny ideas or one or two interesting ideas and, and then just start building. See, I, I'm pretty much improv 90% of the way. I, I basically... I can't do it. I, I'm just like... <laughs> It's it's the benefit of being a lazy DM. You're just sort of like, you know what? This is where they need to get to. I don't really care how they get there, as long as they get there by the end of the session. Yeah, I, I draw a few contingencies, but I generally find that players will do whatever they have to do to make sure that whatever contingencies you had in place just don't work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which, which, is, which is what they're supposed to do. I mean, in your first episode, you had Tyler... Uh, who who is one of my um, who's one of my buddies? And when he specifically said, "I do what I can to trip Josh up wherever I can," aside from the fact that I yelled "you cock" extremely loudly at home, which is not a good idea because I have children, um, it made me laugh. And I just thought, I know you do it, Tyler. Hundred percent intentional. Yeah, good. All the way. All the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, our, I'm fairly lucky. Our players, as far as I'm aware, don't intentionally try and ruin my game. But I have no doubt that if they get opportunities to do so, yeah. they take they take like, them. Bre- breaking 100%. breaking breaking the DM is, is why you play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. percent. And it's I think as a as a DM, it's one of those challenges. It's like, come on, come on, do your best. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll show you what I've got. Yes, put the beholder out. (laughs) It's the eye of beholder. It'll win all the fights. Melting flesh from the bones of all its rivals. Oh, one of the one of the games I'm playing in at the moment, we've we've got these multiple. Uh, caverns, each of them identical mm. um, that we're traveling through and each has a specific enemy type and portal that we need to close mm-hmm. and one of them is beholders and we have almost no, <laughs> no way to fight this damn thing 
So we've managed to talk our way out of the out of fighting them so far, but oh man, I'm not looking forward to the day that we actually have to beat that thing up. Yeah, I I haven't had because of so many of the adventures I played in have been fairly low level. Um, yep. like I've I've never had to pull out a beholder or like a massive dragon or anything yet. That's fair, fair enough. I've only, as a DM, I've only used a dragon once, I think, so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was one of those creatures that I, I made it specifically an ancient brass dragon. So it was so far above the party's capability to handle that they had either no option but to run or to talk to it. And... Uh, when one of the party members decided that it would be smart to just insult them and be aggressive towards it, it like it wasn't even threatened. It was just like, no, you go to sleep now. Stupid bug, you go squish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it didn't even squish him. It was just like, I'm going to put you to sleep. You, 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 yeah. Your friends, shh, you can deal with him later. Shh, shh, shh. Adults talking. Shh. Yeah, that was exactly it. That was insane. Yeah, that, that's that's very good. That that's also a way of, I guess, for a DM. I I think sometimes the the thing we always have to remember is the game is very very collaborative, and there's a point where you just have to say to someone, either politely, like out of character, "Hey, look, dude, you're clogging up the fun. Stop clogging up the fun." Um. And there's a couple of ways you can do it. One is the way I just said. Um. Or the other is do something to their character so they can't talk or just immobilize them. It's like, no, 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 you're, you're going to sleep. Bye. Silence is so good. Silence is great. Like, there's curses. You can put curses on items. You know, if they tend to be greedy characters, like hugging all the loot type thing. I read about a cursed item. It's like a cursed coin. And every day it eats another coin that that character is carrying. <laughs> I I have one of those in our in our current game, except it's not a coin, it's a horse. Mm-hmm. Stole this, I have to say that I did steal this pretty much straight out of Ack Inc. Uh, Taiko Brahe, Omen, slash... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a phenomenal DM. But... Uh, I, I straight up stole his horse that uh, eats gold. I, I've converted it a little bit, so it's a bit different. But uh, It's a pony yeah. in your game. <laughs> it, 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 do, it, doesn't eat, uh, it doesn't eat food. It eats gold. So nice, nice. That, that keeps their gold reserves in, uh, in check, which is great. I, I will confess to there are times when I don't want to play with gold because it's like, you know, we're just, you know, we're just piss fighting about you know, worrying about accounting. Like, it, it, look, it, it's it's not accounting in Dragons or, or, you know, Dungeons and Responsible Fiscal Management. This is Dungeons and Dragons. How much does a beer cost? Mm, sh- shit. Three copper. Can you break a gold? No. <laughs> everything everything is one gold coin in my world. <laughs> All of Your it. economy sucks. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just like, it's just like, how much is a room? Oh, it's a gold. How much is a beer? It's a gold. What? Yeah, yeah. Tell you what, tell you what, tell you what, tell you what. You can have the room for gold, and I'll throw in food and a beer 
all for that one gold. There you go. That's what. That's how I pretty much do it these days. Yeah. It's just like, look, gold coin covers everything. I, I think this is probably the, the first piece of advice you'd give new DMs. Don't worry about the details. Oh, no. Don't. Don't. Es- just, especially, especially money side of details. Like... Do not do not stress about coppers and silvers and gold and all that sort of stuff. Just yeah. cook up a price on the fly. Your players won't care, to be honest. Yeah. They're probably not really keeping track of gold anyway. Like, I mean, admittedly, nominating a party accountant is very important. But most of the time, gold is, like, such a, a, a minor thing. Like, I mean, I, I worried in my first homebrew campaign about encumbrance... And so I made the dumb mistake of giving the party a bag of holding, which they wanted to find out, A, can we turn this into a grenade? Oh, that was actually one of the first things that my players thought when they got a bag of holding as well. Yeah. They were and they were very much... B, how many people can we fit in this thing and have just the fastest character run? And Josh was sad, although it was very funny. <laughs> well, once they, once they learned that if you put one magical item, like if you put two, like a bag of holding and another item that doesn't like the bag of holding sort of in each other, it creates bad times for everybody. Uh, they've been trying to think out, think about a way to weaponize that ever since they found out. So it's, uh, it's one of those things. Sometimes you, yeah, it's, it's right up there with the peasant yeah. rail gun. Yeah. Mm. It's Piss fun. Off. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned in a previous episode I made a fatal mistake of giving them a portable tower that they could just plop down whenever they liked. And they wanted detail. The funny thing is your players will want details so they can work out exactly where the boundaries are in terms of what they can what they can abuse and can't. Yeah, we, we, we finished um, our little one shot they were running uh, with a guy who's doing a, 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 um, a Kickstarter based on Donald Trump's yep. America as like a parody D and D setting. And I mentioned that they went into a library and there were all these copies of a book called the art of the steel made out to different celebrities. And so those assholes kept asking me, we open another one. Who, who's it made out to Josh? It's like, Oh, you assholes. <laughs> so I had to make up like celebrity dedications on the spot. It's like, it's like, it, I think there's a meme at the moment where it's like players just constantly asking for names. Uh, it's like, mm. oh, I, I want to speak to that random person in the street you mentioned, you know, an hour ago. Okay. Uh, what's their name? Uh, Pepper Shakur. The number of, the number of times <laughs> I've had to look around the uh, local game store and just pull the name completely from nowhere, you know, off a wrapper or... Off, off a poster somewhere. Just be like, oh, their first name's this. His first name is uh, Smith's. Um, yeah. Sultanian. Uh, so, so many just weird names I've cooked up. <laughs> I tend to carry around a, a sheet now just of uh, random race names. So I'll have like a sheet full of dwarven names. Uh, mm. sheet full of um, appropriate dragonborn names uh, that sort of stuff I don't necessarily always pull from it but it's just if if I get stuck at any point it's like ah oh, their name is just just, just, <laughs> just go with just go with real world names what's his name Bill well that too 
Not everyone is called, you know, Tagari on, you know, etc., etc. Some people's name is John. His name is John. And he knows things. It's a blacksmith named Smith. Yeah. Uh, Where do you think the name came from, guys? Come on. Yeah. Keep up. Yeah. So it's an appropriate name. <laughs> yes. How long have you been DMing for? Um, I've been DMing 5th edition for probably about, it's, it's like a year and a half to two years. Um, I did play 2nd edition um, and kind of, uh, to, be, to be very honest, 5th edition is so much better. Um, it, it's ridiculously better. Like I played 2nd ed when I was, you know, pre-high school and then in high school and then fell out of the hobby when I moved countries. Um, moved from Sydney to New Zealand and then New Zealand back to Sydney. Um, but I, I got back into the hobby recently because I, I watched the Penny Arcade D&D things and I thought, man, those guys are having such great fun playing Dungeons & Dragons. I want to have such great fun playing Dungeons & Dragons. Why aren't I having such great fun playing Dungeons & Dragons? And so I just started like a group with a friend of mine um, a couple of buddies from work and, and then just, you know, got the ball rolling. And a little bit after that, um, there was a, like a Slack group for podcasters and I just asked in there, hey, does anyone want to play D&D? And that's how I met my first group of players. Like, you know, and, and that's, it was very, very ad hoc. Yeah. But what was so wonderful is that we all came together and there were no assholes. That's so strange. Like, it was like I rolled a natural twenty for Crystal and for Tyler and for Kevin, and I'm related to Ethan, so he's maybe like a modified a modified twenty twelve. Um, no, he, he, Ethan's great. Ethan's very funny, so he's he's definitely a natural twenty, and and it was great, and it, it was just one of those really cool things where we were a little awkward to get started, but. And it's kind of one of the things I really love about our podcast. It's it is listening to five relative strangers become friends. Nice, very nice. And I am still friends with these people. They are people that have, by hanging out with me on a weekly basis, made my life so much better, and brought me into such a wonderful community that I am legitimately massively thankful. Not to the point where I'm going to have a third kid and name it after one of them, but but there's a lot of gratitude in my heart for them. And, and it's, it's very, very lovely. Like, for, for people that are new and wanting to get into DMing, sometimes it's just a matter of asking. Like, just, just yeah. ask people if they want to be a part of it. Ask your friends, ask your family, ask randoms if you plan to play an online game. Uh, yeah, um, and, and Roll20 has a set of tools whereby you can find people. I mean, I will level with you. You and you and I know each other because Cameron said on Twitter, hey, are there any Aussies who want to play D&D? Pretty much. And he had a full table in like 10 minutes. That was pretty much it. It was like, mm, yeah, I'm an Aussie. I play yeah. D&D. And, and this, is how I know, this is how I know Dan and Michael who have been on here. Um, and it, it's one of those things where it was just such a random like, okay, guys, who wants to play D&D? And we're like, yes! And for the most part, I think, like, the people in the community just overall are fantastic. Like, I barely 
like everyone I've encountered and spoken to, either in the Twitterverse for D and D, uh, even Reddit on the Reddit groups for D and D, and just at my local game store as well, are just phenomenal people. So I don't think you really need to be worried about running into necessarily, you know, pardon the French, but an asshole um, when looking for when looking for players. I mean, you run, may run into them eventually, but for the most part yeah, it's I, not something to be worried about i haven't i haven't yet and i've like one of the things we've started doing is kind of opening our group up and taking on people for like little one shots like um we had draconic um he's really cool he uh, designed a game that's very similar to like goat crashes and honey heist called good cop bird cop and i asked him hey dude do you want to come on and, and play with us and he's like sure and he's a lovely fellow. And like I said, we just wrapped up playing uh, Monsters of Murka thing with a guy called Jaron R.M. Johnston, whose Kickstarter is coming up. Guys, please give him $15. It's, it's a really cool world book thing. Um, and again, like, the, the guy's hilarious and he's fantastic. Yeah. So it is one of those things where, and I've done a charity stream. I've played with Scraticus Academy. And I'm yet to find an asshole. I think it's... I've only... So far so far like, in DMing, I've only had to remove one person. Can I ask how you did that? Um, yeah, sure. So essentially... So what I did was... Uh, like, I had conversation with, with him uh, in advance. So uh, I'd talk to him about things at the table that weren't working... Uh, so it was a culmination of a couple of weeks. It wasn't just a, oh, hey, I don't like you, bye, uh, <laughs> type thing. So it, I think it's always important to give people a chance, um, at, at the very least, to rectify whatever's not working at the table. Uh, sometimes that's not possible, but it's always worth trying. At the very least, that way they'll feel like that maybe you gave them a shot. Um, mm. after that confirmed that I think we hit a point like the the point was when other players were coming to me sort of going hey it's sort of a us us or him type deal uh, so and democracy that's ruled it. it's, it's, ba- <laughs> it's basically a hey this isn't working um, I didn't put it on the other players, to be honest. I, I said to them, look... Good, good. I, I think that's a responsible DM thing because the last thing you want to do, d- just in case these people ever meet up in the street, is you never want to throw your PCs under the bus. It's like, nope, I am the master of this dungeon. Well, that's essentially gonna, that's uh, essentially how I, how I did it. I was, I was pretty much like, yeah. look, it's... I'm going to make sure this doesn't drag on. Yeah, it's not, wor- it's not working for the table. This is why it's not working for the table. Uh, you know, as of as of now, it's done. And, and that's that's a good way of doing it. I mean, I'm I'm lucky. I've never had to come across. I've never, like I said, I've never sat down with anyone that I wouldn't play with again. Very very happily. Um, but I, I agree with what you did. Well, the interesting thing about it is he still plays in a table that I I don't run the game, but I play mm. in the same game as that person. Mm. So. Just because they may not be great for your table while you're a DM doesn't necessarily mean that that person is going to be necessarily a bad player. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are different. Look, the 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 way you run your table is going to be very different to mine. Oh yeah. Like I, I've heard the stories you tell about. You know, your character is trapped in like a nightmare dimension, and everyone else had to do things. In and and like, I can't run things like that. Like I'm 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 not at that high fantasy level. Like, everything I run is usually fairly straight up with a few jokes, a few twists, um, some monstrously bad puns. Um, because that's just how my brain works. I can't do puns to save my life, so, you know. You, you may not like my table. You, you might get very... Actually, no, I do run a table with you on it, so how's it been? It's actually good. Uh, it's good? I actually okay, enjoy good. playing on a table that's full of puns um, where I don't have to be the pun master like i don't i don't have like the the weight is lifted off me to be funny and someone else can carry that mantle being a being a dm that can't do puns though is uh it's hard it's tricky look i i don't think it's i don't think it's the worst i mean again it it just comes down to that personal style you have like with me i can't do the world building that cameron does me neither and i've looked at it and thought I can't do this. This is beyond me. The, the amount of planning he does. It's scary. And that man is educating the, the minds of tomorrow. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. They're going to be very well prepared. <laughs> uh, after speaking to, uh, to our previous guest last week. Uh, who was who it? Was it Michael? Or? Uh, I think it was Michael who ran yeah. D&D for kids. Michael's great. He's, he's a cool guy. I wish when I was at school, we had a teacher that ran D and D. Like how, how amazing! That would have been cool. Uh, on that note, and I'm going to plug um, someone else's work. There's a guy called Bibarse. Uh, I have mispronounced it, and I'm very sorry. Uh, he has a game called Power Outage, which is it's D and D light, but it's designed for children. And I'm going to be running that for my little man and one of his buddies at school. Because it just looks like something they could just pick up and play. But it, it, it's one of those ones where the onus is all on the DM to at least have a kind of understanding of the rules. In terms of um, DMs that you sort of look up to or take inspiration from, are there any in particular that you sort of... Um, I really like Chris Perkins. Like, he was the one that got me back into it. Um Unlike many of your guests, I don't listen to Critical Role because there's too many players. Um, That's interesting. I I don't follow Critical Role purely because the episodes are so long. That doesn't bother me. It, it's when there's too many characters, I feel like there's too many people I'm trying to get to know at once. Um, and admittedly, getting to know people is what I do professionally. Um, I'm in sales, and, and I am very good at it. Um but I, I really love Chris Perkins when he sits down with four people and I think, yes, here's the tight group. Here's the riffs. Let's go. Um, I really like How We Roll. Uh, Joe Trier from that. He's really, really cool. Um, I really like Aram from God's Fall for many reasons. Um, I love his voice. I really do. Like, for me, he's like the American version of Stephen Fry. Just this beautiful, deep, caramel, golden, delicious voice that I just sat and I just listened to. I thought, 
Just, just, just don't shut up around. Just keep talking. I'm, I'm good. Just, you just keep going. Keep going. That's what people should sound like all the time. That'd be beautiful. Um, and I love how he's, he, and I had to stop listening to God's Fall because unfortunately it was the same thing. It's like there were too many people. I can't focus on this now. But I love the way he was always very, very human as a DM. Yeah. Like listening to him DM, it's clear he knows and loves these people very much, and that's great, and that's that's how you should play. Like like Cam, like I like I said, um, Cam's one of those people that I look at and go, I can't prep like you, but I can pun better, Cam. Haha, I got that. Um, I've also played with Dan, who you had on. Was it two weeks ago? Yeah, three yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah a couple, couple of weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. Um, we it was myself and uh, another friend of ours. Um, that we were doing a mission and it was one of those things where it just worked because Dan was expecting us to want to try and fight our way through, but we just talked our way through everything. And that was great. And I I really love the fact that Dan just said, all right, you talk your way through. I'm still a little bitter about that. I'm still a little bitter that the, the puppy didn't make it. I'm very sorry. Yeah. It's all right. Okay? We we talked okay, we buddy? talked our way. We, yeah, it's all right. We we talked our way into uh, into rescuing a uh, what was it? A mastiff. Mastiff. That yeah. uh, our buddy Heath called Mastiffany. I was so jealous. That was such a great pun. I was like, oh, that's good. It was a it was an amount for an echidna. It was a uh, hedgehog. A hedgehog, oh, hedgehog person. Hedgehog yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. Which you can get, people, if you buy the Into the Margrave thing from Cobalt Press. So good. I love Cobalt Press. They're great. So, so, so good. Now that, that content's great. I can't wait to jump back into that world, actually. That's going to be soon. Yeah. That's going to be soon. Yeah. Super, super good. Um, is, there, is there anything that, um, for new DMs that you think is sort of like a, a bit of advice or uh, a product um, or something like that that you think is, is worthwhile? It, it, as far as advice, um, drink more water, um, call your loved ones, tell them you love them. They probably want to know. Oh, oh, you mean like DMing? <laughs> DMing advice, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, actually, I did, I did think about this question and I had that response ready to go. Um, there is a book called Good to Great and you don't need to go read it. Don't bother. Um, but in this book, it talks about a, a thought experiment where you are in a battle with another, like a, like a pirate ship and you have enough gunpowder to fire one cannonball. And the question is, do you fire one cannonball or do you take a little bit of the gunpowder and shoot a few bullets? So you know how far away it is, what speed it's moving at, how the wind's affecting things, and then shoot a cannonball. And so the principle of that is shoot bullets not cannibals. And it's probably the same advice I'd give someone wanting to start out. Go spend four or five dollars buying a one shot from like Cobalt Press. They've got a really good one called Cat and Mouse, which is excellent. Like I've played it several times and each time I've used it, it's gone really well because it's a very good combination of RP, roguing and, um, and, and, and a bit of combat. But it's one of those things where it's like, guys, Lost Minds of Fandelver, which I've just finished playing through last night, took us months and months of playing at two to three hours 
at a session every fortnight. Guys, play a one-shot. It's easier to, pardon me, it's easier to prepare for, it's easier to run, and you will find out very quickly if this is something you want to do and how you want to do it, and your players will know this is something I want to do, I've enjoyed this, and you give them just enough of a taste that they think, I want to do this again. Because you don't overwhelm them with anything. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say that's where, where I'd recommend people start. No, 100% agree. I think it's a lot of people tend to bite off. Like I know, especially when I started, I started, I probably started the worst way you could possibly start. I wanted to. This is going to sound familiar to me. Go on, Anthony. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to do a complete homebrew, my own, own stuff. Yep prepped for weeks yep Yep. and then this is sounding very familiar go on the the problem you get in doing that as much as it's look i'm not trying to discourage anyone from doing it because it can be a fantastic way to get started but at the same time you've got to remember that your campaign won't finish after one or two months it'll take a long time to actually get anywhere yeah, ours that we played, like, I started doing that myself. And ours that we played, like, took over a year. Yep. And that was us playing almost every week for an hour. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a massive investment of time and effort. And realistically, all you need is a one-shot. Uh, just just to get started and... A good one-shot. Especially but, you if know. you've never DM'd before or never yeah. really jumped into role-playing games. Yeah. One-shots are fantastic. They are. And I mean, I'd potentially even say, look, um, you don't have to start with Dungeons and Dragons. No. The game that got me back in, um, that made me think, man, I really want to do this again, was a game written by a guy called Josh T. Jordan. Uh, You can get his games, they're Ginger Goat games, um, in his collection called The Imposters. And it's a game about being at a funeral that's being held by an African-American woman who is faking her death to see who turns up and to kind of unveil a conspiracy. And I can never play this game again because when you get started, you start with it like a deck of cards, ordinary playing cards. So setup's really easy. And you all pick different characters. And the character I picked was the African-American woman who faked her own death. And the way the game works is you use your cards now and then to kind of reveal bits of story or to take over a bit and improv. And the last card I flipped was me saying that I'd faked the whole thing. And I can never play that game again because I've played the best version I ever could. Damn. It does sound... It sounds amazing. It was awesome. And it's like it's it's like $15 or something, but you get a collection of really cool games but that game was the one that got me back in because it was super easy to play, super easy to set up. Everyone's got a deck of playing cards, or if not everyone does, you can go find one. You know, they're cheap. Um, but it was just so good. It was so, so good. I think one of the other one of the other good ways to get involved, especially if you've never played as well, is um, conventions in general. Generally, most of them have tabletop sections now. Yeah, I, I think I'd find that tough myself. Like, I'm, I'm a dad. I've got two children. Um, I think I'd find it tough to go to conventions. But for me, I find the online play very easy. Yeah. Like, you and I have played a lot online. 
and you live in Melbourne, I live in Sydney. But the other th- wonderful thing about playing online is, and, and this is for people who are time poor, which is, you know, all of us, um, you don't have to spend 40 minutes or an hour driving around. True. You're there, your laptop's there, or your phone, whatever you got, you go. And I, I guess as well, don't stress out if you're going to play online that yeah. your audio quality has to be studio level perfect or, or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, at, at the moment, um, and I'm really glad the people who are watching, sorry, who are listening can't see this. Um, I'm like six inches from my microphone and my laptop with a blanket over my head to baffle ambient noise. And hopefully that's doing a lot of good things for sound quality. We'll see. Um, but as long as I can understand what you're saying, I'm happy to play with you. Yeah. I mean, even if even if it's like a shitty laptop mic, that's fine. Like if all you've got is, you know, a built-in webcam on whatever laptop you're running and you have maybe, you know, either built-in audio or a headset, that's pretty much all you need and some decent yeah. internet. If, if you want to really see people that have to play tough, look up the prisoners who play D&D um, in the States, in the, uh, the the US, like, penal system, and look at what they have to do because they're not allowed to have pencils and dice and books, a lot of them. So they have to, like, home rig everything. That's insane. That's crazy. It is. And, and again, like, it was reading that made me think, man, those guys are cool. Obviously not for why they're in there, but no, 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 no. no. Crime is never cool, kids. Crime, crime's not okay, and and this is Australians <laughs> telling you crime's not all right. It's bad. Yeah, that, that's how a lot of us ended up here. But you know, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, you don't want to get sent to a country that has a hole in the ozone above it and literally cooks itself every year. Well, it's kind of funny in my case. Like both my wife and I are from countries that used to be considered prisons, so. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. It works. Yeah, it does. Any other advice? Give your characters time between when they do stuff. Um, I recently played a bit of Legend of the Five Rings because a buddy of mine's going to be running it at a convention, and he's like, "Hey, dude, do you want to play some Legend of the Five Rings? Because I've never played it, and you know, here's the books." And I'm like, "Okay, sure. You 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 know how to get my interest." Um, offer me a good time. How dare you, sir? Um, And I played it, but what I loved about it is we played for about eight hours. Yep. No one threw a punch. That's cool. There was no combat. It was all dialogue and all RP. And it was great. It's a good system for that. But there's also some things in there you can bring into your Dungeons & Dragoning where... And I remember thinking this when looking through the Death House in Curse of Strahd. It's like, there's so many rooms with nothing in them. And it's like, yeah. Because that means the rooms that there's something in really mean something. The I pulled I pulled that lesson very well uh, when one of the first uh, role-playing games that I ever played, uh, I got to join a table to play some Call of Cthulhu. Which was fantastic, by the way. Every, everyone it's, should at least play I've, it. I've heard good stuff. It's so good. Again, how we roll has got a very good call. Look at the yeah. Way. It's, but that's yeah. 
like the emphasis in that game is like the combat is almost a side bit like it's mm. all about the the ambience you know the the location yeah. the things that what, what that's, i what, what i loved about the combat in that game and i do apologize yeah. for interrupting is that it's lethal oh yeah and so you do everything you can it's like the second someone pulls a gun it's very real right now you do not want guns pulled whereas in D&D it's like you know he's got three hand axes and he hurls all three at you it's like well you know i, I might get hit by two of them i'll be okay like in a call of cthulhu no you hit, you get hit by a bullet it's like you are not going to do well out of this if you if you start a fight in a in like a cave like there's a real chance there's a cave in government like yeah. you there's it's it's not okay like fighting yeah. is not and, and, okay. and that's why having having those low tension moments but the other thing is low tension means your characters have got space to expand with each other as well and that interaction is one of the reasons we play well that's why that's why i try very hard when i dm to space out the combat so if it mm. if it's supposed to be intense i'll try and make it as intense as possible yeah. so lots of enemies yeah. you know confined spaces um, yeah, like like a dungeon crawl is part of the fun, but you know what's a lot of fun? Having a lovely time. Let them go shopping. I have, and my problem is that any time they go shopping, I need to think of pun names for the stores they go into. I gave uh, I gave one of my players a sentient ring. That is just he. It is the like he's just a, a an annoying jerk. In a in a ring, but he but he's extremely knowledgeable about a vast number of things. So the players dislike him so much that they, that they barely pull him out. And when when they need him, like he'll just insult them because he's like, "Why haven't you been using me? Like I could have told you this weeks ago." What well, what you need to do is when someone puts the ring on, go. Ooh. And, and that will make them feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's, it's just amazing. Like I, I called I called a tailor shop once. Why so serious? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's really good. I try I try and have a little bit of fun. I'm like I said, I'm nowhere near mm. as good at puns, but you don't have to be. This is what happens when you have children. Like my sense of humor started bad and just went downhill. It just got worse. Is it, it all? It got is, so much worse. is it all dad jokes now? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a um uh, a one shot I did called Luncheons and Dragons, and there's a butcher shop in it, and I called it Carnell's Delights. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's really really good. Uh, it was, I get. It was, quite, I get a- it was quite the meat shop. There was a man in there with a meat tenderizer beating his meat. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Just constant meat beating. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all of my puns, sadly, are probably... Um, speaking of good resources, though, a lot of the the pun names and that sort of stuff that I end up getting are from just uh, name generators online. Hmm. Like, the, the, other guy, the other good guys to look up for that are Pun Bard, Paladin Dad... And Dandy Beyond. Those three guys are hilarious. Yeah? Yeah. Definitely have to look them up then. Definitely. Yeah. 
But uh, other than that, did you want to talk about your your podcast a little bit? Um. Oh, sure, sure. Um. Yeah, we are a bunch of people with a slightly rotating cast. Um, we're about to kick off a um a homebrew campaign. Uh, we're going to be session point fiving it. Yep. Um, next week I, I think of point fives because it's like somewhere between zero and one. So you know, just innovating. Um. I don't want to give anything away because if Tyler listens to this, Tyler, and I know you're listening to this, I don't want you to try and get on my shit. Um, we, we've been playing a lot of one-shots recently in a lot of different uh, worlds. We've been experimenting with a few systems. Like I said, Good Cop, Bird Cop. We've played Honey Heist, which is a lot of fun. Um, and I would say, look, the main thing to listen to us for is we are five relative strangers who become friends and if that's what you want out of D, guys give us a listen leave a nice review on itunes that would be lovely um and also i would say hey look if you are interested or if you or you know someone that's kind of curious about it do not hesitate to hit me up if i if you want me to read through something that you're working on i'm happy to do it if you want me to you know maybe point out someone that you can know who's got more access to resources and things um, I'm always happy to talk to anyone and say, yeah, of course, look, this, this guy, this guy over here, he's great. You should talk to them. I think that, I think that also, I think that also goes for pretty much anybody who's a DM online. For the most part, all of us are pretty receptive to, to being asked questions or anything like that. I know that when I, when I started this whole project up, you know, this is the first... You, you would have been flooded with people. It's like, hey, I've got a question for a DM, and you'll get, like, you know, a thousand responses. Pretty much. I'm a dungeon master. Pretty much. But, uh, like, yeah. when I when I had questions about the podcast, just in terms of technical questions, like, you were one of the first people to pretty much offer assistance, and, you know, I really thank you for that, you know. You're welcome. No worries. It's probably because um, I didn't do what you did and ask questions. I figured stuff out on my own. Which is not the best way of doing it. Um, you tend to remember the lessons even though you could have learned them in a much more efficient way. <laughs> That's exactly right. But uh, I think we'll wrap it up here before uh, this turns into an hour-long podcast. Uh, where can people find you, uh, Josh? Uh, they can find me under my Twitter handle, which is uh, nerdypeoplednd. Um, uh, they can find the podcast on iTunes and, and Podcast Addict and, and all those other wonderful things. Um, and like I said, guys, I, I very rarely say no to anyone who wants to ask me a question or have a chat or have a chat about something. Cool, cool. Um, I will put a link uh, in the descriptions for uh, Josh's uh, content um, and his socials. Uh, people can find me at tails underscore dm pretty much everywhere so twitter um, all that sort of stuff um podcast is available on itunes spotify and anchor again thanks for coming on josh no worries thank you very very much for having me no worries